Blog Talk Radio. Journalism 
and Leadership at Oakwood University, Indiana, Indiana University, Howard University, Virginia Tech, and Winston-Salem State University. Now, the gap between a man and God is not something a man can close. Like the Grand Canyon, the chasm separated us from him. The gap is the result of my sin, my dysfunctional attitude and lack of trust, my evil desires, my faulty understanding of who he is, and my failure of realizing the enormity of my sin in his sight and the price that was paid to free me. It is also the result of my ignorance of what constitutes the great righteousness of God, which would reveal the depths of his indescribable love for me. Now, that was deep. That was a deep statement. I, I, I just had to be honest with that. That was a deep statement. That's, that, that, that makes you open up your mouth and like, okay, where is she going with this? Now, let's, I'm just going to release you. And let you get into it. And you said the good work builds trust. Trust is the biggest word in the universe. Exclamation mark. And I say that again. Trust is the biggest word in the universe. And, you know, as we get into this, I want you to say, why do you tell us why do you say this chapter is trust is the biggest word in the universe? You know, if you really, you know, if you stop and think about it, uh, one of the most difficult things that we wrestle with from from day to day is is the issue of trust. You know, we, our relationships are to a large extent built on who we trust. We we often don't feel safe around certain types of people. We may have difficulty trusting uh, people in authority. We may have, you know, employers have a difficult time in tr- uh, trusting their their workers. When you're in a situation where you feel that you trust the person you're with, you feel at peace with that person. And a lot of the conflict that we have is caused by a lack of trust or betrayed trust. You know, we may have trusted someone and then found out that that trust was betrayed. And from that point forward, we have a difficult time trusting people. When I was a child, there were many times in my, my, I come from a broken home. Uh, Both of my parents lived in the same area. Uh, We lived in DC. You know, both parents lived in DC, but we didn't live together. And uh, there were times when uh, my father, uh, who passed when I was about 15, uh, my father would promise to come and pick us up and take us for a ride. We didn't really want to go anywhere in particular. We just wanted to go for a ride, maybe around the Beltway or however much of the Beltway there was at the time. And, uh, And so we would get dressed and go and sit on the front porch and wait and wait and wait and he wouldn't come and there was no explanation so it got to the point where after a while you start becoming very cynical about that person so if they said they were going to do something you just look back at the track record and you go "Mm." but you know interestingly enough we kept trying we would keep getting dressed and keep getting ready for the ride in the hope 
that it would work this time, but many times it didn't. And trust starts to fade. And when you have a bad relationship or a an unsatisfactory relationship with a parent or someone like that, it can color your attitude toward God. Because if God is God the Father, what picture of a father have you had? It was somebody you couldn't count on him fulfilling his word or if someone who just wasn't there. And so trust is a very important part of what makes us able to have faith in God and, 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 and to have a successful Christian experience. We have to, by faith, trust God. If there's nothing else, that's kind of what having faith is about, is trusting that what God has said for us is for our good and that we are better off following his word than putting our trust in something else. And that's one of the things that it is the biggest word in the universe to me, at least, you know, one thing is when you write a book, you can say all kinds of stuff. People can argue with it, but that's the way it is to me. Trust is the biggest word in the universe because it all gets down to that. It says, you know, um, in Isaiah, Isaiah uh, chapter 26, verse 3, it talks about the fact that, uh, you know, that, that we um, have peace with God because we trust in him. And that's huge. Our sense of peace comes from whether or not we trust him. And that's, to me, why it's the biggest word in the universe, because that requires a faith that God is trustworthy, that what he says, he means, and he does. And a lot of people don't believe that. And they have experiences in their life that have led them, whether it was a bad situation with the church or something in their childhood, like in my situation, where I might I needed counseling for the things that I dealt with. And after having gotten that, I began to realize that the problem wasn't God. It was a whole lot of other things. But he wasn't unfaithful to me. As a matter of fact, I discovered that in spite of my sin and in spite of my attitude, he was faithful to me and never left me and was continuing to do the good work in me. Amen. Amen. I just want to back up a little bit because you did say something and this would be another book, you know, <laughs> and you said it was those that promise. And then I let um, NJ come in and say something. It was, the, you know, that pro- father's promise. He would promise you because I've been there, you know, and unfortunately yeah. your father can if they had a club of fathers, you know, it'd be a big it probably they would have to meet down at the arena. You know, one of the arenas, you know, because you have a father's promise. It's like if I promise to do something and you were already you got you know, y'all were all dude up and ready, had your clean clothes on sitting on the step and crickets, nothing happened. You yeah. know, y- y'all were just there. 
And then you mentioned hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life, Proverbs thirteen twelve. And that, you know, that is what is like an invisible cancer. And parents or fathers don't see that when if you promise if you promise something and that child or children are waiting on that, you, if you defer that hope, it's just making it. You know, you're just building. You start off something small, but as they as you know as you said as you as it started growing, it starts eating in you. And parents don't realize that as you do this, you are you are doing something, you know, basically awful to your children. Yeah, it's best not to make that promise than to make the promise, and then do yeah. or just say, you know what, I really can't do it. Then they know. But if they continue, you know, if you continue down that road again, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yes. And that's Proverbs thirteen twelve. So that's what the Bible says. You know, if someone yeah. has their hope and trust in you, trust in you, and you don't come through, and then I say, okay, the first time, all right, maybe, you know, something came up. Second time, okay. But it starts to wear itself out after a while. Yeah. It really um, starts to wear itself out. Um, NJ, you have any comments? Amen. Uh, I I agree with what you were saying, Dawn, in reference to, you know, the and what uh, you were just talking about, Tukai, in reference to, you know, our earthly father. And it may not even be father, but it could be mm-hmm. family, it could be friends. We've been let down. But, you know, then we have to come to the realization at some point we come to realize that, you know, like it tells us in Numbers, that God isn't a man. That he should mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not mm-hmm. he's he's yeah. not a man he uh and so we can't you know we have to stop looking at him like we look at flesh because right. he's not flesh um and he's not a man and he should lie so he does he keeps his word he remains faithful and and pretty soon we we come to realize but. Also, you know, I remember somebody saying, like, if you ever want to, you know, try to figure out if God is going to be faithful, if he's going to do what he said, or if if you can trust him with your everything, all you have to do is look back over your life, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that he has done some things for. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we do. We have to really look at that. Because that is the biggest teller of of what what he is to us, yeah. of how much that we can trust him. Because he's done done it for us over and over and over again, all throughout our life. And so, and when you really sit and think about it, you realize it was even before you were, you know, saved. Mm-hmm. It was before then. He he saved. Mm-hmm. All of us from things because he had plans for us. He yes. had a plan for our life. You know, I could tell this in Jeremiah. So we need to really, you know, sit back and take that in and really let that sink in and realize that that we could trust him with anything. And then this is the complicated 
thing about this warfare that we are in because Satan's goal is to drive a wedge between us and God. And often we have so much we have so much evidence on God's side that he has been with us with all the smoke <laughs> and the and the and the and the, the noise of warfare we tend to allow that smoke to come between us and God and what Satan presents to us in front of our faces is all the evidence based on our emotional state and our fear and our uh, anger over what's going on in our world that we begin to have a distorted view of God. We lose sight of the evidence of his presence and we begin to see in front of us uh, thoughts that we're being neglected by him or that he isn't there or that he hasn't fulfilled his promise or when things go wrong we immediately think that God should have done something different or any number of things that, that Satan presents to us as reasons to turn your back on God. In other words, he's saying, as he said to Adam and Eve, he's trying to, he told Adam and Eve in the beginning, and we talked about this before, but he said basically, when, when he asked Eve about what the, what the ground rules were in the, in the garden, Eve said, well, you know, the Lord told us not to eat of the tree or even touch it lest we die. And the first thing that, that the serpent says to Eve is, <laughs> you're not going to die. No, God lied to you. You're not going to die. Go ahead. Try it. I'll show you. She's <laughs> lying. And she ate the fruit, and it was like, see that? You didn't die. He lied. Mm. And I'm sure she probably went, whoa, you know? I mean, the truth is the truth, right? I mean, I'm standing here, and I, I'm not dead. So he did lie. But, you know, the Hebrew in that statement doesn't say, if you'll drop dead. The Hebrew in that statement says, and dying, you shall die. And that's what mm. God meant. He didn't mean that if the, the second you touch it, you're going to drop dead. What he meant was the second you touch it, the second you step outside of my will and protection, the second you start believing that I'm a liar and that the, uh, that the enemy is the truth, mm-hmm. you will start to die. Eternal oh. living is over for you. You will d- begin the process of dying. One thing is, I built you so well, it's going to take a while for you to die. And number two, I'm going to have to separate you from the tree of life so that what has been sustaining you along with my power is no longer accessible to you. You will die. Mm. Trust me, you will die. But I'm not ready to give you up yet. (laughs) Right, right. Right. So in other words, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's just not. It It was one, a spiritual death, and two, it was a physical death. But it wasn't going to be like uh, I can live forever as long as I'm in the Garden of Eden. It's basically saying that now you will start the process, as you said, Don, 
you will start the process of aging, of dying. Because they weren't yeah. born like babies. They were just, he formed them grown. Yeah. You know, he formed, we don't and, think and about it, he what, formed them grown. So they yeah. didn't have the, the ability to go from the, the baby and then the infant and then the toddler and then, you know, you know, they didn't have that luxury. They were already yeah. grown. So now the aging process started to begin. And then when you were talking, um, you just get brought to me as the first lie was when Satan said, you will, you won't die. That yeah. was the full first lie ever stated ever. Yeah. The first lie. And, he started. And think about it. Something did die instantly there and it was trust. Eve decided Amen. she didn't trust God's word. Adam decided he didn't trust God to work this situation out once he knew that since Eve ate the fruit, she was going to have to die. Adam decided, eh, yeah, well, we'll both go together because I'm not, you know, I don't trust God in this situation. When God confronted them, well, the first thing after that, then they hid themselves from God. That's not trust. Trust died instantly. And when trust died, also truth died for them because they were not willing to face the truth about themselves. They decided to believe that God was lying. They decided to believe that the serpent was telling the truth and that the author of and truth itself was a lie. So trust and truth both died that day, and it was God's, it was going to require God's power and his forbearance with man to revive both trust and truth. Wow. Now, let's keep this moving, because this is getting good. We have a few minutes I want to read um, a part, and then we can start going into what you said after that. Patiently, the Lord introduced into my life the ingredients of salvation that helped me see that, see that though I thought I knew him, I did not know him at all. As I watched my life spiral out of control, I wanted him to stop the damage and make things okay, but I didn't see that he was in the business of transformation, not repair. And through this transformation, um, and one sentence you said, I never gave thought to these facts as he, as his law demanded my death. And then through that, you went through a transformation to say, the trust builder smoothie, making me hungry, <laughs> list. And I don't even do smoothies that often, so, you know, that's NJ. <laughs> but you came up with a trust builder smoothie ingredients list. Yes. <laughs> so take a few yeah. minutes and start talking about that before we take our break. Yeah. You know, I was trying to find a way because there, there's so many things that God is doing, and they're not in any kind of linear fashion. They're He's doing multiple things in our lives simultaneously uh, that that are designed to work together to save us. That's his goal. 
Uh, that's his desire. God's not in the business of wanting to just zap us and punish us, you know, and watching to see what mistakes we're going to make. God's trying to transform us into effective agents of reconciliation for him. And he is trying to build us up. He is trying to rescue and transform us into something miraculous before the universe. So what God is doing is this thing, I tried to think of something that would would be kind of an idea of the whole range of things that God is doing to save us. And I guess the smoothie was the best thing because they put all kinds of stuff in smoothies. You know, if the average person looked at all the ingredients in a smoothie, they probably would say, no, no, thank you. Because, I mean, you know, I mean, people put everything from kale to to uh, to use tires into a smoothie. You know? I mean, but it, it's uh, it's it, but but well, in you the just, end, you just the took result... me off of the smoothies, okay? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, you know, I mean, it's like the end result is fabulous. And God, God is doing the same thing with us. So I'm just going to run through a couple of these things. I'm not going to do them because it's, it's a pretty, pretty sizable list. But I think there are a few things that, that stand out to me. And, and, and two of the first uh, three are really, really, really stand out uh, to me. Uh, the first one was the fact that I think and I, in an earlier program we talked about how God used the verse in Philippians 1.6 to uh to to work on my heart and you know and 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 god is 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 uh has been really faithful to uh to to this uh uh text for me uh and and he's you know when when i when i think about this this particular text in in philippians uh chapter one verse six he's saying that he is convinced, Paul is saying, I, for I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day. monster promise. God is saying, look, you know, I've started something, and I intend to finish it. If you will let me, I'll make something magnificent out of you. But you got to let me. And that to me is the promise that helped turn me around. The other one, the second one in there, the book of Proverbs, an amazing settling influence in my life. I, every day I read the proverb for the day. There are 31 proverbs, so every month there's enough proverbs, chapters and proverbs for every day of the month. And I keep going through it, and I've been doing this for years now. And honestly, at first, I was going, I don't even get the book of Proverbs because it seems like the stuff just doesn't connect. But after, after a while, it began to become very clear to me what God was trying to say in this book, and that's a whole other book. But it's wisdom for every day. Wisdom for every day. That's what I get out of Proverbs. The third thing is the moonwalk prayer. This is something that Satan will do everything in his power to frustrate, but if you can get this, it really makes a difference. And that is, and the reason I call it moonwalk prayer 
is it's about keeping a constant chatter on an open channel in prayer to God. And I got this from the fact that I used to be really into the space program, and I followed it as a kid. I followed every flight. I knew everything that was going on. Uh, I was in contact with NASA on a regular basis to get photos and anything I could get from them. I was just a space fanatic. And one of the things I learned back then was that the astronauts, when they were on the moon, uh, the NASA wanted them to keep up a constant chatter uh, just so that they can catch all their visual observations, check their state of mind, uh, keep them feeling close to home. And they were, even though they were like 240,000 miles away from Houston, they still were kind of like right there with them because they kept an open line of communication and they were able to talk and do. And why don't we do this with God? In other words, God is saying, why is it that I only exist when it's prayer time? Why is it that I only exist when it's church time? I'm not in your life unless it's a religious experience. Why not, if you want to have a successful Christian experience, you got to keep that open channel and that chatter going between you and God. And it's got to be talking to him and making observations about everything that's going on, including the temptations you're facing. You know, you see some... uh, person or thing that's a tempting situation for you, rather than try to fake like it's not affecting you, why not say, Lord, now you see what I'm facing, and you see this person, and I need your help because I'm not strong enough by myself to handle this kind of situation. Or help me to... Uh, be closer to you or whatever it takes, but talk to him about our temptations. Talk to him about our, our, our uh, desires, our interests, uh, the things that excite us. Praise him. Talk to him about the good things he's done for us, but keep the line open. Amen. Amen. I'm, we're going to stop for a brief moment. Keep the line open. And that's talking about the chatter. Keep the line open. And I'm going to stop right there because I, I have nothing to say. We'll we'll talk about that after a little break. But um, a note from a few of our supporters, Music Instruction for Our Learners Arts Academy, where the arts knows no age. If you love the arts like photography, dance, culinary arts, and art classes all online, then go to MeFile Arts Academy website, www.mefileaa.org, and check them out. Or call and talk to Dean Lavender to get more information at 833-643-2563, extension 701. And I'll let our fantastic host, who knows the most, NJ, tell us more about Boss Radio Live with NJ. <clears throat> okay. 
I am the host with the most. Thank you. Um, just wanted to invite all of you to join me on second and fourth Fridays at 6 p.m. on Facebook at Boss Radio NJ or YouTube at Boss Radio Live with NJ. Join us as we discuss some amazing topics and have some awesome guests uh, coming up in the month of October. Uh, we have a really important issue um, being discussed. We'll be talking about um, mental health and particularly with our young people. So join us for that show on October uh, 22nd, and we'll be continuing that theme for a couple of episodes. So it's going to be a really informative, educational, and awesome show. Please join us again, second to fourth Fridays at 6 p.m. on YouTube and Facebook. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, NJ. And we will now t- uh, start this little episode, second part of our episode with Holding On by Naomi B. Thank you. 
Live with Man in the Mirror with your hosts, Kai and NJ. And we are with, we are having our book club, The Good Work, Man in the Mirror Book Club, The Good Work, Chapter 7. And we're having a great talk with, again, you know, we're going, we've been doing it all year long. We may have to go into 2022, I already know it, with this, to really dive into it because he keeps putting, he put too much stuff in here. He put a lot of stuff in here. He put um, a recipe for a smoothie, and I have an issue with following recipes anyway. Now you're going to put a recipe for a trust builder smoothie ingredients. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's a lot. And he broke it down. So, But anyway, um, NJ, you have any more comments before I come in with mine? Amen. My my only comment is that I I need to uh, really look at all the ingredients for the smoothie to make sure I'm I'm getting the you know best smoothie there can be because like you said I love a smoothie but I don't know if I have all these ingredients <laughs> in my well, smoothie. Well, you know the interesting thing is you know I, the other night my wife and I went out to a uh, place to uh, get a smoothie and uh I was looking on their wall at the at the all the different smoothies that they had up there and I was starting to get like oh no I don't even know which one of these things to choose and eventually I did but you know the thing is it's like the smoothie contains whatever god decides he's going to use for you and it's a it's a mm. custom deal there are some things, you know, the Word of God, prayer, the Holy Spirit, you know, the stories of Jesus and the resurrection and so forth that are going to be on everybody's list, sort of like, you know, if, if they, they, they might put certain type of juice or something in every smoothie and most of the smoothies might have some kale in it. But other than that, a lot of the stuff can be customized. It depends on what you, what God knows you need. And for me, this was a list that uh, it wasn't even an exhaustive list. It was just uh, some of the key things that I know that he put in there for me. Um, and, uh, you know, stuff that I didn't even mention a few minutes ago, it's like one of the most important elements has been a daily reading of God's law. And uh, mm-hmm. and that has made a made a huge difference in how and, and I, the object is to keep God in front of your face, to not allow Him to slip into the recesses of your mind, so that His presence is no longer an issue with you. Uh, that to me is the most important thing. Whatever it takes to keep God in front of you, you know, like Jesus said. He said, basically, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In other Mm -hmm. words, seeking first. Jesus said in John 15, basically, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches. You know, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you will bring forth much fruit. And that's the key thing, staying attached, staying in the vine keeping God in front of you, 
all of these things, you know, thou will keep him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, those things. In his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water mm. that bringeth forth its fruit in its season, and his leaf also shall not wither. You know, you know, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It all ties together. God is looking to try and stay right in front of us so that we can become like him. By beholding, we become changed. You know, we are transformed into his image. The way we're transformed is, you know, we are constantly watching him. Amen. We like what we see, and we emulate that. It's just like a little kid, you know, whether it's a girl or a boy. You know, a kid's going to put on daddy's tie and try and wear daddy's shoes. He's going to do or try to walk like daddy and try to do like, you know, those kind of things. Or a girl's going to try and get into mommy's clothes and stuff and start trying to wear, you know, mommy's high heels or whatever. But it's like that's what God is looking for us to do is to try as like little children to put on his shoes and walk in them. Amen. We're going to dab a little further um, in Chapter 7. You started your Mr. Wood, Meet Satan. (laughs) Before going further, I want to issue a piece of serious advice to parents about what you keep in your home and about what you watch and read. Your children are not ignorant about what you hide. And then you really went in depth about it. But for yeah. time clarity, um, um, I want to do this paragraph and just let you um, tell us about yeah. your experience and, you know, how you really got up to there. And you said Satan had opened up a floodgate that God would wrestle to shut for the next half a century. As time marched, I discovered Playboy magazines as a, at a relative's apartment and also a friend's house. The friend opened a closet and on the shelf were stacks of Playboy and Penthouse magazines. Suddenly, the metaphoric word pictures in those novels took visual form. Then one day, I found some hardcore porn books, and was a, that was available and was available was in full force. Though I never acted on what I absorbed in pub in a public way, by thinking. My thinking was warped. I was not I was not a Christian at the time and rarely went to church, but I lived in fear that I would be exposed someday by the things that I Um It doesn't take much to start you on the pathway to ruin. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why God is so insistent on our being very vigilant about what we what we behold. There's a verse in Psalm 101, verse 3, and it begins with these words, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Mm. And unfortunately for most of us, we feel that somehow we're able to set wickedness before our eyes and that somehow, well, it's just, you know, I, I understand, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just looking at this, but I'm not looking at it seriously. <laughs> and, 
Wow. I don't know how we're fooling ourselves, but it, it doesn't work. I can just say that. One thing leads to another thing. And, you know, the interesting thing, the interesting thing about sexual sin particularly, and then it could be with anything, whether it's food, you know, all these mm-hmm. things are controlled, I was all just thinking about that. By the same area of the brain, okay? In other words, appetite is appetite, whether it's for sex or whether it's for food. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're out of control, you're out of control. And the thing is, Satan is determined that these things are so difficult to break free from. And he wants to lure us into this false sense of security Mm -hmm. that somehow I can look at these things or do these things because I'm really a Christian, but I'm just, you know, I'm just doing research. Whatever it is, we fool ourselves ourselves into things. And, you know, the interesting thing is this, especially when it comes to sexual sin. It's not an issue of love. It's an issue of lust. In other words, men can find themselves addicted to women, pictures of women or whatever, even if they hate them. In other words, you don't have to have a love relationship and that's what I think some women need to understand about men. You know, they, they'll say things like, you know, I don't understand uh, how he could be doing this, this, and this. You know, it says he doesn't love me. Well, actually, what it says is he's trapped. He may hate that other person's guts but can't break free because he's entered into an issue of possession which has gone beyond his ability to think and to reason. This person, more women need to pray for their husbands on a daily basis that the Lord would keep a shield and a hedge around them because Satan's temptations are beyond human ability to stop. But with God's power, humans can be free. Mm. But it takes supernatural power to fight a supernatural enemy. And Amen. so when, when, when you assume that a man is going to do, or even a husband for a wife, you assume that that spouse, out of just sheer logic, is going to choose you over some other, you know, temptation. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible makes it clear. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers in high places. In other words, we are not fighting a battle that can be won by sheer logic. We're fighting a battle that has got a grip on our brains, that has gotten into the very um, system of, of of brain chemistry that causes us to become addicted just as if we were on cocaine or anything else. 
And mm. it takes something beyond human power to rescue us from that. And it can start when you're a little child, just like it was for me, an early teen, and suddenly somebody opens a closet and there you see stuff you've never seen before and you can't stop. And so a lot of women, and I know that it's, you know, it's a frightening and and, and and maddening thing for women to find out that their husbands are doing certain types of things. But I'm telling you, the energy that's being put into condemnation needs to be put into prayer because that husband is being wrestled to the ground and it's a death match and Satan intends to win. And that person may not even be in a position where they can actually even pray. You need to pray. The Lord will rescue that person because, you know, you can say, all right, that man doesn't love me anymore because he's chosen this. But the question is this, do you love him? If you do, are you praying that God would rescue the person or are you just hoping they get whatever they got coming to them for messing up on you. Is that love? I'm just saying, well, you know, there's a war going on. And I was in it. Mm. Not in the sense of, of infidelity, in the sense of, of getting into a relationship other than the one that I have with my wife. But I was in it because Jesus made it clear. If you look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So it's in the mind. It's in the mind, and there's a war going on for our minds. Satan uses deception. He uses evil temptations and all kinds of things. The Lord uses truth, love, grace, and mercy. Mm. Unfortunately, we respond to Satan easier than we do to God. Yeah, 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 and that, that is the great unfortunate I'll say that again. That's the great unfortunate. You know, our minds get stuck in that rut. Yes. Um, any question? Uh, uh, any comments, NJ? Is she there? <laughs> okay. We'll just keep moving along. She'll pop in um, in a minute. But, um, yeah, you're right. You know, that, that that is something that you can get stuck in. And I was thinking, I was watching a movie a couple of weeks ago, and I, uh, me, and my, uh, me and NJ have watched it, too. There's all kind of, which basically say, disorders or things you can get addicted to. Because yeah. there was one in this movie called CBD, Compulsive Buying Disorder, where people just... Mm-hmm look online or go out and in this movie this woman spent $200,000 and they found out she had CBD and the man asked hey did she do that in a month oh she said I do that in a week I'm like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) I said okay so you know so it's like it's the same thing what Satan will use anything to get to anybody because if, if you have any kind of addiction it can mess up relationships it can mess up families it can mess up 
anything. So so I'm glad you said that it could be food. You know you're not supposed to have yeah. it. Doctor said don't do it. And then you right. always back at the doctor. And the doctor's trying to figure out why do you keep doing it if I keep telling you no, don't do yeah. it. And you say, well, I'll just take a little bit. <laughs> okay. And that little bit, you know, every so often that little bit, you know, builds and builds and builds to you out to you out of control, and you're wondering why right. your weight keep. And you did mention this, you know, you were saying your weight kept going up and down, you know, for things yeah. that you were going through, and you were trying to figure out what's going on. So, yeah. um, and you know, go ahead. like I had a friend, I had a friend a couple of years ago uh, who died a couple of years ago. Ooh, uh, great guy, um, but he had an issue where. Uh, he had diabetes. He had a real bad situation with diabetes. And uh, I mm. remember one time we were, his mother had died, same thing. And um, when he was going through her things at her home, trying to clean out the house, and we were trying to help him out, um, he uh, he looked in the refrigerator and found that she had a, a tremendous stockpile of, uh, of of insulin. And he's going like, oh, great. This is good, you know, because he was going to go ahead because he needed the insulin and stuff. But what he was looking at was the fact that this now made it possible for him to eat what he wanted to eat so that he had insulin that he could take once he ate what he knew he wasn't supposed to eat. Oh, Lord. I have friends who they have lactose intolerance problems. They can't do milk and ice cream and stuff, but they want it. And so what they do is they take their lactase pills and then eat the ice cream, they use the pills to help them to eat the things that they're not supposed to eat. So, in other words, we do this stuff. Like, we, we go to church and try to do good things to cover the evil that's in our hearts. <clears throat> and God God is saying, you know, that's why Paul said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. Amen. And I, will, I like the last statement you said. Now, now, God could rescue me through the power of his word and his gracious gift of the Holy Spirit because I surrendered the throne of my life to him. Keep reading. And as we're about to close, we have four minutes left. Yeah. I'm going um, to I'm going to NJ to come on and give us some closing comments. And she may have some questions to ask you because she, you know, she was, she got lost somewhere in the background. I thought I was by myself for the rest of the time, <laughs> but she's here. Uh, NJ, 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 I don't and, have, you know, it, it is 8.56. I don't have any questions. <laughs> but I, I was going to say one of the things that I love, and, and again, I got knocked off and had to come back in. So I don't, know if y'all you all talked about that but that line about you can only win by losing and I was like oh, oh my god as far as you know just that surrendering realizing that you can't even it's beyond like you were saying earlier it's beyond us <laughs> and the sooner that we realize that yeah uh, and that yeah. we, we're going to have to depend on God for that that uh true, you know, not just the salvation in the sense of, of receiving Christ, but and truly saving us from ourselves <laughs> and 
and from yes. sin. Yes. And, and I think that's amazing. Amen. And Mr. Don, do you have any closing remarks for Chapter 7 or just for the day? Give us, continue to give our um, or listening audience your contact information if they want to, you know, get a signed copy of the book or if they want to contact yeah. you have any questions. Well, I did want to kind of close out by kind of sharing this one little paragraph that uh, that I thought was an important one to me. And it says, when I realized that I was fighting God and not sin, and I confessed that, the real work of rescue began. I did not trust him because I was confused. Let me illustrate. I was trying to sit on his throne and sit in judgment of him. In a sense, he wasn't obeying me. I did not believe he could free me from my demons, and I couldn't either. I was mad at him because I was a lousy God. Don't ask. I can't (laughs) believe that he stuck with me through all of that. Mm. That's the part that it broke my heart and it thrilled me at the same time. That after I had a chance to stop and think about what God had put up with, I was amazed and deeply sorry and humbled by the fact that God stuck with me when I thought he had abandoned me. And that is, I think, a realization that if many people could have, that if they could understand that he has not walked away from us, that we have often walked away from him and blamed him for it, then we would realize just how much he loves us and how much he's put up with uh, in our lives. If anybody wants to reach me, um, they can reach me uh, by uh, email at uh, don at woodcom, W-O-O-D-C-O-M-M dot com. Or uh, they can can give me a call. Uh, They can call me or text me at uh, 301-385-3900. Amen, amen, amen. We would like to thank all of you who have been listening to us and sharing Man in the Mirror with with our author extraordinaire, Mr. Don Wood himself. Our book club is growing as you are, as our listeners are getting detailed information from the author himself. If you have any more questions, as you say, you can call him, you can, you know, contact us, us on our Man in the Mayor Facebook page or Hezekiah Montgomery Facebook page, and we will actually get back to you and give you all any information that you need. But there's not much more I can say. This is Kai and NJ, and as always, we'll see you at the Mayor. <laughs>